All right, our second scripture reading for today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. It'll be the basis of my sermon for today. Um, give you a moment to get there in your own Bibles at home. Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Your mother and brother are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it find welcome into the family of Christ. Take a moment and think about the, the, the closest relationships that you have. Who would you consider to be your dearest companions? Who is your family? That is uh, the question that we are dealing with today. Is family defined by blood relation only? Or, or does it go deeper than that? Doesn't it sometimes feel like, like a best friend is, is more of a brother or a sister than your actual relatives? Uh, I know for me, the, the, the title of closest companion has, has switched hands throughout the years. When I was real young, it, it would have been, been my mom and my dad. But as I grew older and started going to school, I made new friends, buddies who, who I wanted to spend all my time with. Of course, my family moved, on, moved around a bunch, and so those, those good friends, they, they, they changed over the years. And then I, I went off to college, and I met some of my closest companions that I, that I thought I would ever have. That is, until I met my wife. Suddenly, my, my, my whole world changed, and I wanted to spend every minute I had with this beautiful young lady. Of course, we got married, had some children of our own, more people that I, that I love to spend time with. But, but Kim, she is the one that I am closest to, and that is how it should be. But, but why is this so? What makes my relationship with her different from all the rest? Why should this one last when all the others have faded over time? It is because marriage is a covenant. We, we have made vows to one another. There is a certain intentionality that, that goes into our relationship. Bottom line, we have put in the hard work. And so while life changes and, and we change as well, our bond hasn't grown weaker but stronger as the years go by. For we have been obedient to the covenant that we have made. We are family till death do us part. In our scripture for today, we, we learn a lesson from Jesus on what it means to be part of Christ's family. What it means to be children of God. But for us to fully understand this, we must, we must first take a look at the backdrop to our story. Ever since chapter 11, Matthew has been taking us on this 
theme of the challenges and, and the rejection that Jesus faced while ministering throughout Galilee. And he began with, with, with one who harbored some tiny doubts. John the Baptist, a, a prophet of God, the man who, who baptized Jesus, a man who had been arrested for the kingdom's cause, he had a certain expectation of what the Messiah would do once he arrived. You see, John thought that the judgment that God would bring upon the wicked would come at a faster pace than what he had been hearing about from prison. But, but, but that judgment that he was expecting, that was being delayed in order that the grace of God might move the hearts of men towards repentance. So John was told by Jesus that, that the prophecies of old were being fulfilled and yet he would have to suffer for the kingdom. But blessed is the one who does not fall away on account of Christ. Then we saw a further rejection as Jesus spoke of those who lacked faith altogether. Many of, of his own generation had unrepentant hearts, particularly in the, in the cities where he had performed many miracles. Cities like Chorazin and Bethsaida. Jesus described those cities as being more obstinate than Tyre and Sidon. And then there was Capernaum, where Christ had both established his home and had launched his ministry. They had even less faith than the wicked city of Sodom. But the rejection of Christ was taken to a whole new level when we saw the hard hearts of the Pharisees. And over the past few weeks, we have seen the exchanges between Jesus and these men. Though they were the religious leaders of the Jews, they not only lacked faith, but they were actively working against Christ. First, they tried to discredit him by, by saying he was breaking the Sabbath. And when that didn't work, they, they, they plotted to murder him. And in their efforts to do so, they, they slandered his name by saying that it was by Beelzebub, the, the, the prince of demons, that he cast out demons. These men had hardened their hearts to the point of no return as they blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And so what we have seen in these chapters is an escalation in unbelief. There were those who possessed tiny doubts, such as John the Baptist. And then there were those who were unrepentant, such as the cities of Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. And finally, there were the Pharisees, those who had hard hearts, men who were unredeemable, enemies of Christ who were actively trying to undermine Jesus as they plotted to murder him. But now, but now here in our, in our passage for today, we come to a portion of our story where we see the opposite of this theme. For in chapter 12, verses 46 through 50, we find those that Jesus considered to be his family close companions who have drawn near to Christ, the very ones whom he cherishes. With that being said, let's, let's dive into our passage. Look at, look at verses 46 and 47. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. Well, it is apparent from this text that Jesus had, he had been teaching the people from inside a house. 
And because, because the crowds that Jesus was drawing were so massive, this house was full. Finding entrance in would have been nearly impossible. Think about the story from Mark's gospel where, where the friends of a, of a paralytic, they, they, they had to dig a hole through the roof in order to bring that man to Jesus. This is how it was wherever Jesus went. Always in demand. Always another person to minister to. And in our story for today, the, the, there were probably people lined up just waiting to get in. And because of this, the, the, the family of Jesus could not find entrance. But there was another issue that these, that these crowds created. Jesus was in such high demand that he and his disciples were not getting any rest. In fact, in Mark's account of the same incident, we learn that the reason his family came was, was because they were concerned about his well-being. Look at, look at Mark chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus entered a house, and again, a, a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about us, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. Moms, am I right? Always worried about the welfare of their children. Basically, they, they had come there to, to, to take Jesus home with them. Of course, Matthew isn't so concerned with the reason why they were there. What, what he is more concerned about is what it means to be a part of God's family. For, for Jesus uses this incident as a springboard, a launching pad for another teaching moment. Look, look back at our passage at verse 48. He replied to him, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? What is it that, that constitutes a family? In, in typical fashion, Jesus doesn't shy away from the use of shocking language when he is trying to make a point. To, to, to ask such questions would have jolted everyone in the room. For, for many would have seen this as a sign of disrespect. I mean, I mean, think about it. One of, the, one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your parents. Exodus 20 verse 12 says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And, and more than this, beyond this, it was expected of the eldest son to look after his mother if she ever became a widow, of which Mary was. This being the case, when Jesus was told your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you, the expected response was for Jesus to get up and go to them. But instead, we are left with these pondering questions. Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? One can just imagine how Mary must have reacted when she had been told of, of the response of her son. How, how these words must have been like a sword piercing her own soul. And what did, what did the brothers think? I, I know how I would have reacted. Well that, well, that settles it. He is out of his mind. So, so what is going on here? Why did Jesus respond in this way? D does it mean that he didn't honor his mother? 
by these words of his? Was he, was he cutting off ties, severing them uh, from, from his natural family? Of course not. We are given plenty of other examples throughout the gospel where Jesus fulfills his duty as a son. For example, at the, at the wedding of Cana, when, when they had run out of wine, it, it was his mother who wanted Jesus to find a solution. And how did Jesus respond? Look at, look at John 2, verse 4. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Of course, Jesus fulfills his, his mother's request by turning the water into wine, even though the timing wasn't appropriate. Or, or think to the cross and some of the last words of Jesus. Look at, look at John 19, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Even as he was dying, Jesus thought of his mother, making sure that she was in good hands. But despite all of this, despite the close ties that Jesus had with his mom, there is a family bond that runs deeper than blood relation. And this is the point of Christ's questions. Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Let's see what he means by this. Look at, look at our last verses, verses 49 and 50. Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now that Jesus had begun his ministry, now that the, 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 the kingdom was being ushered in, what constituted the family was being changed. Blood ties is one thing, but spiritual ties have a stronger bond. But why is this the case? Why does Jesus look to his disciples as his immediate family? Because the relationship that they had had been established by a stronger covenant. Just as, as the wedding vows that I made with my wife changed the focus of my loyalties, we, we, we see also here that, that there is an oath that a person makes when one comes into the kingdom of God. A vow that, <clears throat> that supersedes even one's devotion to their earthly family. What is this vow? What does it mean to be in the family of God? Who did Jesus point to? His disciples. His, his new family, his, his spiritual family, are those who are obedient to the call that Christ had placed upon them. They are the men and the women who had left everything behind. Do you remember way back in chapter 4, when, when Jesus called Simon and Andrew, here we have two brothers in a, in a boat sitting in, in the middle of a lake fishing because that is what they did. That was who they were. But then we read this. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And then right after that, we saw the same thing with James and John. 
Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Do you see it? The, the loyalties of these men had changed. They left both career and family to follow Jesus. They were obedient to the will of God. Dear friends, the, the, the family of God belongs to those who leave behind their old loyalties and prioritize the new. This is what it means to do the will of, the, of, the, of your Father in heaven. And this same call has come upon you. There is an, an allegiance that you must have in order to follow Christ. A, a commitment that supersedes all other callings. Your loyalty to Him must be greater than your loyalty to even your own family. Remember in Matthew 10 when, when Jesus had, had sent out the twelve? He had given them specific warnings of the, of the challenges that they would face. And one of these warnings concerned family. Look at, look at Matthew 10, verse 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This is what it means to be a child of God. That Jesus is your first love. That, that, that you trust in him above all others. This is the covenant that he establishes with you in order that you might be welcomed in to the family of God. It is a bond of faith. You see, your obedience to God's will begins with trusting in him. It is stepping out of that boat and following the path that Christ has set before you. It is believing in him and in the covenant that he established by the blood that he shed upon the cross. So how does this covenant work? Well, for one, it, it doesn't start with you. It, it begins with God and, and what he does. The Father chooses you and adopts you as his own. Look at, look at John 1 verses 12 and 13. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a, or a husband's will, but born of God. Or look at Ephesians 1, verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And again, from our first scripture reading in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. These are just a few of the numerous examples in Scripture stating that, that when you are in Christ, you have become a child of God. This is the good news of the gospel, that you are a part of his family, that, that you belong. Listen, Jesus didn't, didn't die for your sins to just leave you out in the streets. No. He, he welcomes you in as a brother, as a sister, as a mother. You are never alone. For in the same way that you have a devotion to him, he has a devotion to you. In fact, the only reason you are loyal is because he was loyal to you. His love came first. It appeared before you were even born. For long ago, he was thinking of you, of his desire for you to be in his family. And as he was bleeding on that cross, paying the penalty for your sins, you were on his mind. You were the one that he loved. And that is why you can love him back, because he first loved you. And if you are in him, if you have chosen to be obedient to the Father's will, then you are now a member of his family and you will always, always find acceptance. It is in Jesus that we find fulfillment to Proverbs eighteen twenty four. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is that friend. Perhaps you have joined us today and you have yet to follow Christ. You have yet to make him your Lord and Savior. Maybe you are listening because, because you are lonely and, and looking to fulfill that deep longing for a connection. Per, perhaps the family that you have has rejected you in some way. Maybe your friends have all, all turned their backs on you. Jesus wants you to know that you are not alone. His desire is to welcome you into his family. He wants to call you brother or sister or mother. He, he wants to establish his covenant with you, which grants you forgiveness and life everlasting. He, he, he wants to change your, your tears of sadness into tears of joy. Turn from your sins and, and trust in him. For that is how you begin your obedience to the Father's will. That's how you become a, a child of God. It's when you, when you let go of your loyalties to this world and you grab hold of Christ. Believe in Jesus and find your new identity as a child of God. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful that you have chosen us for adoption. We are your children. You call us sons. You call us daughters. And we we can call you Father. This is only possible because, because of your love for us. 
that, that you sent your son to die for our sins. Turn our hearts towards you by the working of your Holy Spirit. May, may our loyalties be to you and you alone as you welcome us in to your family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.